Let's see here. Um, today is Sunday, it's 4 December. I'm Charlie Garrett, and this is the CG Prophecy Report, the most dangerous person in the world. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Okay, before I start into the report, does anybody know who that's speaking of? Um, very good. We'll talk about that. Very good. Um, now for some news from Israel. From all Israel, Netanyahu ready to attack Iran if Biden doesn't neutralize threats soon. Okay, a veteran member of the Likud party and a longtime confidant of Netanyahu says the premier specifically ran for re-election to deal with the Iran nuclear threat once and for all. And he is warning that Netanyahu is ready to order a full-scale military attack against Iranian nuclear facilities and to do so alone. Sahi Hanegbi said Netanyahu recognizes that the time has come for a decision on Iran. Bibi, he said, is ready to be the one making the decision to go forward with the military action against the Iranian facilities. Netanyahu came back to office, I think, mainly because of his recognition that the time has come for a decision that is going to be probably one of the most radical decisions ever made or profound decision ever made by an Israeli leader. Hanegbi laid out the scenario in which Netanyahu could order an attack on Iran if and when Iran doesn't comply with the agreement and Iran goes forward with enriching uranium and Iran and the U.S. and the five permanent members of the U.N. Security Council do not reach a longer and stronger agreement. If anything, if we will be left alone for the decision. And, you know, we've got the guy up in the White House right now and the rest of them doing this, sitting on their hands, and yeah. nothing's going to get done about that. And Israel will probably have to attack. Yeah. That may be, there are a couple possibilities I've always thought about. That may be the impetus for Gog Magog, or it may be oil down in uh, Israel, natural gas down in Israel, something like that. But there is something that will bring Russia against them. Russia and Iran are pretty much hip deep right now, hanging on to each other. And so uh, it's almost if you attack one, you're attacking the other. So we'll have to see where this goes. From the Times of Israel. Foreign Ministry, U.S. patients with Israel's Russia stance may be wearing thin. Israeli diplomats are warning that the White House could become increasingly frustrated with Israel if its approach toward Russia and China continues to run at odds with U.S. priorities. The Biden admin wants to place the threat from China and Russia at the center of the agenda, and in our assessment, the level of patience toward allies who don't contribute to this effort will go down. Now, this is all smokescreen because Biden is in hip deep with Russia and China. He's, he's subservient to them, and he's put this nation subservient to them, but he wants them to have the same appearance in Israel as we have here. So the warning comes as Likud leader Netanyahu is working to put together a new coalition and retake power, raising fears of increased friction with Washington. Under Prime Minister Lapid and his predecessor Bennett, Israel was conspicuously out of step with the policies of the U.S. and other NATO countries vis-a-vis -vis Russia's invasion of Ukraine. While providing ample humanitarian assistance and expressing solidarity with Kiev, 
Israel's maintained a strict policy of not providing military aid to Ukraine, including systems that could help it intercept Russian missile and drone attacks. Israeli officials regularly cite the strategic need to maintain freedom of operations in Syria, whose airspace is largely controlled by Russia as part of its efforts to prevent Iranian entrenchment on its doorstep. Israeli officials have also expressed fear that advanced military technology could fall into enemy hands and point at production and supply limitations. From Ynet, just the title, Moscow's ex-chief rabbi warns of rapidly rising anti-Semitism in Russia. Okay, lots and lots of Russian Jews in Israel. Lots of them stayed in Russia, and it may be that this is another way to call the people back into Israel, as Ezekiel says would happen and has been happening. From the Times of Israel, Israeli scientists invent face masks. This is the stupidest invention ever in the history of stupid, made of thin air which blows virus away. You all know it's hot in Florida, and if somebody leaves their front door open at the... Um, you go to a store or a restaurant, they have one of those screens that blows straight down, okay? And you walk through and it's cool inside and it's warm outside. I had one at my business when I was down the road many years ago and I left the air conditioner on all day and the bill never went up because it keeps it inside. Well, this guy proposes this stupid hat that's going to do the same. Having said that, before I get into the article... I can't tell you how maddening it is to go to Publix now with these people coming down from up north, all of the face diapers all over the store. And I just feel like I, I feel like just grabbing them and just shaking. them. And what's the matter with you? I mean, we got people now they're visiting. They're down here for the next few months because they're snowbirds and they're walking along the bike path with masks on. Yeah. It, 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 these people have gone demented. All right. They come down here and they see nobody wearing these things and they think we're the problem. <sighs> Times of Israel. This is the scientists invents the face mask article. They produced prototypes of a small battery powered device that fits onto a baseball cap and emits air that blows downwards in front of the face at 19 miles an hour. The prototypes worked well, indicating they could protect the wearer from viruses emitted by those around them. And if the wearer is infected, protect others. The testing, if you're infected, stay home, right? The testing took place using particles of different sizes that mimic the movement of virus droplets and aerosols, minuscule pieces of bodily fluid that can carry the coronavirus or other viruses. We tried to quantify how many droplets still reach the face and found that the air screen gives high protection, which is comparable to that of masks. Now, my mother's never going to know what we talked about because she just showed up, but how are you, Miss Garrett? It's so good to see you. A company he established, Winsome Wearables, will start producing the devices and they are expected to reach stores within a few months. Oh, I can see the lefties up in New York just buying hundreds of them and passing them out to families at Christmas dinner, you know? Where does it get the air from? Uh, it's got a little battery and a little, uh, a little fan, a rotating fan. Yeah, no, yeah. The, it comes out and it goes down. So it's supposed to cover this. So they don't care about the air up here. They care about the air down here. But it's getting the air from up I understand. It's just ridiculous. The whole thing is just ridiculous. It's going to have a side effect of blindness. Yeah, blind. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We got some news from Christianity. And I'd like to report on Ron Hicks. He's one of the Bible typers. He's 
says, I finished a plan where I typed the four gospels. I've started the New Testament plan and I'm already 4% through. So this guy's learning the Bible. He gave me some insights into the Bible. Uh, I didn't include him because I don't want to get too long here, but uh, if you want to read the Bible, learn to type better and enjoy yourself instead of, you know, sitting around watching something crazy on TV, take up the Bible Typer app. I can send you the link if you want it. Um, from, you know what, I have lately, and I think I'll read one of them next week. I don't think I have it here today, but uh, within the past week, maybe two weeks, I've gotten numerous emails from people that have said, you know, you always talk about stop watching all these prophecy updates and watch sermons that are going to build you up in Christ and uh, tell you what is going on in the Bible. And I say this from time to time, is that you're wasting your time watching a lot of prophecy updates. Watch the one at the Superior Word, pick two others. I can give you recommendations on who I would recommend. And uh, then from there, don't watch any other prophecy updates because you're wasting your time. You're hearing the same thing and you're just tickling your ears. But in the past week, I've gotten email after email of people that have started watching these and that are so in love with the Word of God now that they understand what is being presented. And I understand the Bible is hard, but when you go through it methodically, one line at a time, it begins to make sense. And that's what we do. If you don't want to watch me because of my beard or something, find another church that goes through the Bible line by line. Watch those sermons. Learn the Word of God. That is where you need to be focused, okay? Be focused on the Word. And this guy is learning the Word while typing. So good stuff to him. From Breitbart. Kevin McCarthy, and he's probably going to get this. There may be a couple holdouts up until the end, but if they don't vote for him, it will be a Democrat in charge, and they're not going to allow that. So uh, my guess is that he will be the new speaker, but Kevin McCarthy, Republicans will start every day of Congress with prayer and pledge, no exceptions. House Republicans nominated McCarthy. You know, I tried to email him to tell him I would like to be one of the people. And the reason why is you're supposed to contact your congressman and say, I'd like to be uh, nominated to give the prayer to open the Congress. And our congressman, Vern Buchanan, is as worthless as paint on a wall, okay? I'm glad he's in because he's a Republican, but I wish we could get a good candidate that would replace him. Anyway, he never responds. I've never gotten any response. So if somebody knows this guy, Kevin McCarthy, send him an email, because I can't, that you have to live in his district to send him an email. Send him an email and tell him that I would like to do that one time. I'd love to open the United States Congress with a prayer. Anyway, and I'll pay for it. They don't need to pay my way. I would just love to say that I have opened the U.S. Congress with a prayer that glorifies the Lord. Anyway, House Republicans nominated McCarthy to be the next Speaker of the House, receiving 188, whatever that means. I think it's 200. Oh, the, that was when they were, you had to have at least 188. We're up to like 220 or 211 or something right now, whatever. Um, McCarthy must garner 218 votes in the House to become Speaker as they prepare to hold the vote in January. McCarthy is already making a vow ahead of the formal vote. Next year, Republicans will start every day of Congress with prayer and the Pledge of Allegiance. McCarthy said, no exceptions. McCarthy's vow comes weeks after national faith leaders joined with President Trump offering a prayer for the nation ahead of Election Day. During that phone call, National Faith and Values Prayer Call, hosted by the American Cornerstone Institute, Participants emphasize that the country needs to turn back to God and his ways. From Breitbart, UK government prosecutors argue parts of the Bible 
are no longer appropriate in modern society. Now, this is something that's already done in the courts, but I wanted to read this anyway. Lawyers, this is exactly what Don was talking about before we opened with the Prophecy Update today. He opened the church with a talk about secularization. This is exactly it. Lawyers for the Crown Prosecution Service of England and Wales tried to have a Christian street preacher convicted for quoting the Bible to a lesbian couple, insisting that scripture is no longer appropriate in modern society. The extraordinary case, mounted in what is still nominally Christian nation, with an established church in which the head of state serves as supreme governor, was brought against John Dunn after the police referred him to prosecutors for telling a lesbian couple that it says in the Bible that homosexuals will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's all he said. Whether a statement of Christian belief or not, the court is being asked to consider whether the language has the potential to cause harassment, alarm, or distress. The CPS wrote to the courts when pursuing the case. This document is not the forum for religious debate, but the Bible contains other material recognizing slavery, Exodus 21, the death sentence, Exodus 35, and Leviticus 24, and cannibalism, Deuteronomy 28. The prosecutors asserted sloppily, as it turns out, Deuteronomy 28 actually makes no reference to cannibalism. There are references in the Bible which are simply no longer appropriate in modern society and which would be deemed offensive if stated in public, the CPS insisted. The suggestion by the Crown that there are parts of the Bible which are simply no longer appropriate in modern society and which would be deemed offensive if stated in public is one that, if accepted, would have significant constitutional implications. A Christian theologian consulted by the Christian Legal Center to formulate a defense for Mr. Dunn argued, citing the fact that the Bible has a unique status within British constitutional history and was, for example, presented to the late Queen Elizabeth II at her coronation. Our gracious queen, to keep your majesty ever mindful of the law and the gospel of God as the rule for the whole life and government of Christian princes, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing this world affords. Here is wisdom. This is the royal law. These are the lively oracles of God, she was told as the holy book was presented to her. How the mighty have fallen. Mail online. Worshippers left in tears as Cambridge Dean claims Jesus was transgender after row over Christ's wound having a vaginal appearance. This is a demented society and a demented group of people that are out there. He's got a wound on his side and he says he's transgender. That is a person that should be put in a mental institution. Some news from the Mideast and Africa today from Zero Hedge. Taliban conducts first public whipping in soccer stadium since the 1990s. The Taliban conducted its first public flogging in a soccer stadium since the 1990s. It happened after the Taliban Supreme Court sentenced 11 men and three women for different sins, including adultery, robbery, and other forms of corruption, including gay sex. 
The group of 14 were whipped in front of a large crowd in Logar province. A Taliban statement proudly boasted that in attendance at the stadium to witness the punishment was a crowd of scholars, authorities, and people. The disturbing spectacle came simultaneous to announcements of implementing Sharia law more fully across the country. The Taliban was also notorious for public executions, including stonings of women accused of adultery during the 1990s rule. Women and convicts were sometimes shot at point-blank range in front of crowds. Since the U.S. withdrawal from the country in 2021, as the Taliban rolled into Kabul, they're actually, they were welcomed into Kabul by the guy in the White House. There have been widespread reports of the brutal Islamist government bringing back punishments like amputation for breaking major sins of Islam. Bringing back the football stadium public punishments strongly suggests such violent and extreme judicial measures are about to become commonplace once again for moral crimes. From the Times of Israel, Biden elevates State Department official to new role solely focused on Palestinians. Hedi Amar, who for the past two years served as Deputy Assistant Secretary of State for Israeli and Palestinian Affairs, has been named Special Representative for Palestinian Affairs. The Biden admin was hoping to announce the promotion last May, framing it as an elevation of U.S. relationships with the Palestinians. But when Secretary of State Blinken informed P.A. Abbas of the plan, the latter asked the Biden admin not to go forward with it, deeming the promotion as insufficient in light of Washington's failure to follow through on its promise to reopen the U.S. consulate in Jerusalem, the de facto mission to the Palestinians that was shuttered by President Trump in 2019. In recent weeks, though, the admin came back to Abbas with the proposal. Amr was in the region last week for meetings with Israeli and Palestinian officials, and the Palestinian leader agreed to work with him in his new role, an official familiar with the matter said. So, there you go. He's once again trying to push this on us, even though it's not really legal at this point. Trump did the right thing. Everything was taken care of, and now we want to undo the right thing that Donald Trump did. Times of Israel. Hezbollah exploiting diplomatic loopholes to finance terror investigation fines. The inv- this is really interesting. I don't know if you'll get anything out of this, but I just thought it was great. The investigation found 500 cases of individuals accused of crimes or embroiled in controversy who currently or were previously designated as an honorary consul, a special designation that provides an individual with diplomatic perks and freedoms. The honorary consul system was devised centuries ago to allow countries that could not afford to establish embassies overseas to designate a foreign citizen to operate on its behalf in another country. The investigation indicated examples of Lebanese citizens receiving honorary consul status by other countries, as well as foreign nationals using their diplomatic privilege to aid Hezbollah. Much like career diplomats, honorary consuls are granted diplomatic immunity, allowing them to pass through annoying customs checks and unlimited entry and exit privileges without hassle. I'll stop right there and I'll say that is absolutely true. I carried a black passport when I worked under the U.S. Embassy in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And when I got anywhere, I walked up and there's a long line of people getting off the airplane and you walk around them. You walk up and you hold up your passport and you say, I'm a diplomat 
and they say, okay, and you just walk by. No bag checks, no nothing. They may want to stamp your passport. They usually did. But other than that, they couldn't ask you any questions. It was great. Well, what they're doing is the Lebanese are giving this type of status to people that don't deserve it, that are not fulfilling diplomatic roles. And these people are. Those who enjoy the designation can also travel with a diplomatic bag, the contents of which go unchecked. Out of the 500 individuals exposed, nine were linked to terror activities, including Hezbollah. The report noted that due to a lack of official monitoring of the honorary consul system, the total number of problem individuals is likely higher than 500. The report cited U.S. officials who had previously investigated Hezbollah's use of honorary consuls to move money around as saying the terror group's misuse of the system is well-organized and woefully unexamined. Hezbollah can basically move stuff with impunity and no one is ever going to bust them. You flash your diplomatic passport, no questions asked. It's a huge seam in our international law enforcement capabilities sweep. Now, they could have done that with me. They could have said, Charlie, I want you to bring in a uh, billion dollars in cash. Well, I would have just taken off to some remote island. But anyway, they can't ask you anything. They, they are not allowed to speak to you in any way, shape, or form except have a nice day. And it was great. Well, that, they're using this in the wrong way is what's happening. Okay, now something interesting from Mongolia, from Rock and Load. The Who, I've talked about them before, it's pronounced H-U. The Who names UNESCO Artist for Peace. The Who are the first band from the rock genre to receive this accolade from UNESCO. Founded in 2016 in Ulaanbaatar, the Who have thousands of fans around the world, have created a unique musical genre that they call Hunu Rock. It fuses rock and heavy metal with styles of traditional Mongolian music, such as the art of throat singing. If you've never heard a throat singer, type it in and listen. It is amazing. Well, they add this into a rock band, and it's pretty cool. The Tsur Flute and the Horse-Headed Fiddle. In naming the group, The Who, as a UNESCO Artist for Peace, the Director General recognizes their role in promoting and transmitting this heritage. In return, they will pledge to act as spokespersons for UNESCO's programs in this field, participating in events and relaying the organization's messages. So a rock group in Mongolia basically sold out for international esteem. That's all that happened there. Okay, Dan, the what? Yeah, well, yeah, pretty much, you know, I was thinking about that a day ago. Is uh, Actually, I've thought about it a lot over the past couple of years, but it came to mind a day ago, is that, you know, these rock and rollers, you used to follow them, and they were all the bad boys, and they're so great, and, you know, they're the ones that are on the outside, and they're not taking guff from anybody. And then as soon as the coronavirus lockdowns came, these were the first guys standing in line getting their shots, peevishly hiding away, and I thought, you know, that's why we don't idolize people. Is because they're just out there on a stage. They're getting paid for playing music, yeah. right? You don't know anything about them. Yeah, absolutely. They're just—they're all just a bunch of. Yeah, look at the losers. Like you know, you get these people like um, Sammy Hagar up in Canada and Bruce Springsteen, and they're just lefties. It just don't idolize these people. All right, Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times from NDTV. This real-life invisibility cloak, and this is real will hide you from AI cameras. This is unbelievable. Invisibility cloaks have always been the stuff of science fiction, but now people might soon be able to live out their Harry Potter dreams. 
Recently, a team of researchers at the University of Maryland working with Facebook AI developed a real-life invisibility cloak, and it doesn't cover your whole body. It's just simply a t-shirt. The cloak is actually a colorful sweater that deletes you right out of a machine's vision. Notably, the research team used adversarial patterns on the sweater that evade most common object detectors, making the person undetectable. Simply put, the sweater makes you a person who is invisible in front of the AI models that detect people. This stylish pullover is a great, it's not really stylish, it's kind of gross, but it's a great way to stay warm this winter, whether in the office or on the go. It features a stay dry micro fleece lining, a modern fit, and an adversarial pattern that evades the most common object detectors. In our demonstration, the YOLO V2 detector is evaded using a pattern trained on this COCO data set with a carefully constructed objective. The researchers explained that they used the SOCO data set on which the computer vision algorithm YOLO V2 is trained and identified a pattern that helps to recognize a person. The same created an opposite pattern and transformed it into an image A print on a sweater. As a result, the owner of such a sweater can hide from detection systems. Most work on real-world adversarial attacks is focused on classifiers, which assign a holistic label to an entire image, rather than detectors which localize objects within an image. Detectors work by considering thousands of priors, which are potential bounding boxes, within the image with different locations, sizes, and aspect ratios. To fool an object detector, an adversarial example must fool every prior in the image, which is much more difficult than fooling the single output of a classifier. According to a Hackster report, the YOLO V2 targeting adversarial sweatshirts hit only around a 50% success rate in the wearable test. Well, if they can do 50%, they can do more. And if you watch the AI track it goes right over these people. You can watch the videos online. It is unreal. So, hey, I'd wear one of those if I was going somewhere to do something bad. So, no, everybody knows this, right? I mean, all right, it's a dangerous world, including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. We got one from Zero Hedge. U.S. bird flu outbreak officially becomes the worst on record. The outbreak at a commercial turkey farm in South Dakota resulted in tens of thousands of birds being culled to avoid spreading. This was enough to top the previous record of 50.5 million birds that died in the 2015 avian flu outbreak. The virus has mostly impacted turkey and egg operations, sending prices to all-time highs and contributing to soaring food inflation. While the spread slowed during the warmer months, and this is important, it continued to fester and now risks further spread as cooling temperatures promote more birds to migrate. The outbreak began in February and has so far infected flocks of poultry and non-poultry birds across 46 states. Wild birds continue to spread HPAI throughout the country as they migrate. So preventing contact between domestic flocks and wild birds is critical to protecting U.S. poultry. Some experts have warned the highly pathogenic bird flu could continue spreading into 2023 and devastate even more commercial farms. This may only suggest egg prices are heading higher. Okay, the meaning is that during the summer, these things die out. The virus can't last, the birds aren't migrating, but it continued through the summer. 
and now it's going on with the cooler weather. So it could become unprecedented. It's already the highest, but it could become worse. Zero Hedge. Oregon corrects false information on child COVID-19 hospitalization rates. They kind of overstated the rates, okay? The old version of the report claimed that 47.4% of children aged 12 to 17 who contracted COVID-19 required hospital care. According to OHA data, that percentage is actually at or below 1%. So a little overstating there. Mail online. Well, they didn't mean it. <laughs> Doctor warns that double number of sick children are attending his New York City emergency room with 300 a day as illness sweeps through kids amid medicine shortages. I don't know if you've been following that, but they're having all kinds of problems, especially with children's medicines, but all kinds of antibiotics, too. Doctor James Snyder of the Cohen Children's Medical Center said is reduced immunity brought on by years of COVID lockdowns. Schneider and other doctors have said post-pandemic return is leading to a rebound of viral infections that has surpassed numbers before the pandemic. Pre-COVID, the pediatrician told the New York Times the ER would admit about 170 children a day during this time of year. That number has since burgeoned to somewhere between 260 and 300 kids daily. So about double the number. Mail online. I've never seen anything like this. Doctors warn America is running out of four child antibiotics and flu drugs as kids bear the brunt of the triple-demic. Four crucial drugs for fighting respiratory illnesses are in short supply in America amid the triple-demic. Tamiflu, a favorite for treating the flu in hospitals in America, is in low supply amid a surge in infections. Supply of one of the most popular antibiotics used when a person is infected, amoxicillin, is also low. Both RSV and flu cases are at highs as the viruses strike down Americans with weakened immune systems. Lockdowns is a lot of why this is the case. We never should have done that. We sold out to the CDC, which is not a government organization, and we're reaping the benefits of that. Thank goodness Fauci is out, but hopefully we get somebody responsible to replace him. Probably not. Yeah, from AFP. Beijing sees record COVID cases as China outbreak spirals. Well, they've been on lockdown for a year and a half, two years. That's what's going to happen. These people have no immunity left. Beijing posted a record number of new cases with the city hunkering down under a tightening chokehold of restrictions that have sent schools online, closed many restaurants and forced employees to work from home. More than 28,000 new infections were reported nationwide with Guangdong province and the city of Chongqing logging over 16,000 and 6,300 cases respectively. New cases in Beijing have also jumped in recent days, more than doubling from 621 on Sunday to Tuesday's 1438, a pandemic record for the city. The last major economy still welded to a zero-tolerance COVID policy. China enforced snap lockdowns, mass testing, and quarantines to control outbreaks to greater success in the earlier stages of the pandemic. But the latest spiraling outbreak is testing the limits of that playbook, with officials keen to avoid citywide lockdowns like Shanghai's two-month ordeal in April, which marred the finance hub's economy and international image. Stupid. Morality is declining. From the Hill. Here it is. Pompeo says, and he's not a dummy. He's got a reason for saying this. He's not just some dummy. He was the head of the CIA, okay? 
The head of the teachers union is the most dangerous person in the world. And that means right now. It'll change, but she is it. Former Secretary of State Pompeo said in an interview that he believes Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers Union, is the most dangerous person in the world. I tell the story often. I get asked, who is the most dangerous person in the world? Is it Chairman Kim? Is it Xi Jinping? The most dangerous person in the world is Randy Weingarten. It's not a close call. If you ask who's the most likely to take this republic down, it would be the teachers' unions and that filth that they're teaching our kids. And the fact that they don't know math and reading or writing. These are the things that candidates should speak to in a way that says, here's the problem. Here's a proposal for how to solve it. And if given the opportunity, these are the things I will go on to try and deliver that outcome that fixes that problem. Pretty straightforward stuff. In a thread on Twitter, Weingarten said she didn't know if the remarks should be considered ridiculous or dangerous. At the State Department, Pompeo defended Middle East's tyrants and undermined Ukraine. He was more focused on pleasing Trump than fighting for freedom, national security, and democracy. This is her tweet. To compare us to China means he must not know what his own department says, she wrote. Weingarten, who has been AFT's president since 2008, and think of what's been going on in the past year since then, told USA Today in August that extremists on the right wing despise teachers' unions, yeah, and their commitment to creating a safe and welcoming environment for every student. He is absolutely right. You want to bring down the nation, you do it through the schools. Okay, we got some other news from around the world. Mail online from late last week, but that's okay. Americans are spending $433 more a month for the same products due to crippling inflation as consumer prices rocket 8% to nearly highest level in 40 years. Consumer prices jumped by 7.7% in October from a year ago. Zero Hedge, anti-Twitter advertisers have been underperforming the market for months. Here's your chance to short them. I don't know if you've been following Twitter and what's been going on. I have one friend that thinks that uh, Musk is a mole and that he's going to come and destroy people. And that's fine. He can think that. I don't think that. This guy has lost billions of dollars and he is willing to get out and speak what he thinks is right. He's had some type of an epiphany and he's on the same ideological side as Donald Trump. In other words, it doesn't matter what they say about me. I'm going to say what I'm going to say and I'm not going to let it bother me. And I think that is his I could be completely wrong. He might be somebody that's trying to destroy the world, but I really think that this guy is putting principle first with the Twitter deal. Okay, since the uh, what he did is he released uh, why Twitter was complicit in the 2020 elections, and that was released a day ago. He's got more to come, but it points the finger solely, or I should say directly, at Joe Biden. Yep. Directly. Okay, follow this because this is probably going to be the most important story of all if he has more information coming out along with this. Since the start of June, when U.S. economic surprise data started to turn down and economic weakness began to be acknowledged, the companies that make up the basket of stocks that have decided to pull back from advertising on Twitter have been underperforming. Minus 11.4% versus S&P 1.9%. So that's big underperforming. Additionally, the anti-Twitter basket has significantly underperformed since 325 when Musk made his initial offer to buy Twitter. 
minus 17% versus S&P's minus 11%. And also underperformed since Musk took over Twitter on 1027, plus 3.3% versus S&P plus 5.1%, even as the broad market has squeezed notably higher. Is the singling of how virtuous they are by antagonizing Elon Musk merely a cover for extensive cost-cutting and marketing budget reductions as the C-suite sees recession imminent. Who knows? But we suspect that if things are about to shift from bad to worse in the global economy, these anti-Twitter companies are perhaps more likely to underperform, having showed their cards already. From Futurism, scientists increasingly calling to dim the sun. I don't know if you've been following this, but these people are insane. They are dimwits. That's right. The idea of solar geoengineering or shooting untold dollars worth of particles into the stratosphere to reduce the warming of the sun has long been seen as a last resort for tackling a growing climate crisis. Despite plenty of opposition to the idea of meddling with the entire ecosystems at once, an increasing number of scientists are starting to seriously study the possibility. Just last month, the White House announced a five-year research plan to study geoengineering, a sign that the idea has moved out of the realm of science fiction amidst a period of rapidly rising temperatures and failed climate targets. Both of those are untrue, but whatever. Bird flu. Even with an almost complete halt on the use of fossil fuels, humanity is heading towards a catastrophe. The Paris, yeah, it's called liberalism. The Paris Agreement, a legally binding international treaty on climate change, was adopted by 196 countries who agreed to try their best to limit global warming to as close to 1.5 degrees Celsius as possible. But achieving that target has proven nigh impossible. According to an October report by UN Climate Change, our efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions have been insufficient to meet that goal by the end of the century. That kind of bleak outlook has more and more researchers turning to investigate geoengineering as a potential last resort. Just like particles released by a massive volcano, previous eruptions have been shown to lead to dropping temperatures, injecting aerosolized sulfur dioxide into the stratosphere could have similar results. While there's consensus among experts that there's a good chance these particles could actually shade and cool the surface below, we're only starting to understand the possible side effects, especially on a global scale. For instance, temperature fluctuations could kick off extreme weather such as flooding in unexpected locations around the world. An increase in local reservoirs could even allow for disease like malaria to spend. So they're taking a chance at something they have no idea what they're doing. You talk about the plagues of revelation, like malaria spreading. That's it. These people are going to bring it, the destruction down on themselves. And it says in what? Revelation 16, 9, that they were seared with intense heat because they failed to give glory to God. Okay, that's global warming. Then there's the fact that one country's geoengineering efforts could have vast and potentially disastrous political ramifications as well. We believe there's no governance system existing that could decide this and that none is possible. You'd have to take decisions on duration, on the degree, and if there are conflicts, we want a little more here, a little less here. All these need adjudication. Gateway Pundit. 
Kevin McCarthy says he plans to hold hearings physically at the U.S.-Mexico border, make Democrats see firsthand the border disaster. Breitbart, Biden is admitting there is a problem on the border by saying McCarthy doesn't have a plan to solve it. They just open their mouths and out come stupid, constantly. Okay, who said it? It is impossible for one who has studied all the services of the Hebrew people to avoid the faith that they will one day be restored to their historic national home and there enter on a new and yet greater phase of their contribution to the advance of humanity. Who said that? I never would have gotten this in a million years. Warren G. Harding. He knew that the Jews would be back in Israel and that they would once again benefit the whole world. Okay, I got Lesrick here for you. I don't know which one wrote this one. It's either him or Kathy, but we'll see if you can figure out what he's talking about. The most dangerous one, Mike P. says. It's the one that's the AFT Prez. Don't do read, write, or math. Just invite the Lord's wrath. She sounds so much like Hugo Chavez. Okay, I got a little irony here for you today. The first one is truly irony from the Gateway Pundit, and there's a picture of it so that it's proof, it's not somebody making this up. Joe Biden dines at restaurant in Nantucket called Brotherhood of Thieves. <laughs> and then from the Gateway Pundit, this is just truly ironic, and it's, it's like righteous justice. Man who helped pass DC's soft on crime bill fatally shot and killed on the same day it passes. Such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Report for the Week.